and welcome to Soxology, the Chicago White Sox podcast. Thank you for joining us today, even though our Chicago White Sox are 7-18 and 18 to start the year, and they have not scored one run in 24 consecutive innings. George and I dive into the Toronto series briefly, talk about other Sox teams that weren't performing well, who we think will bounce back in the starting rotation, and a couple other things. Um, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today is Wednesday, April 26th, 2023, and welcome to the Soxology Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hartung, and with me as always is my father, George, and dad, this is probably the worst start to a uh, baseball season that we could have hoped for as Sox fans, um, although you and I were both optimistic to start the season. Uh, how, where's your head at right now? How are you doing? Can you just shut up? (laughs) (laughs) That's where my head's at. Oh, my God. And I've been around, you know, for many of these. I know. uh, I mean, when I was was a kid, well, they had a great season in 72, but the 70 team was an all-time bad one. The 86 team was an all-time bad one. We we lived through the Bevington years and the Fergosi years and um, some some pretty horrible teams. And and then – and recently, we've had some bad ones. We've had some teams that were more fun to watch than this team that really didn't have a chance to win. Yeah, exactly. And I know we'll we'll dive into a little bit more of you know my generation of baseball watching or Sox fan fandom and looking at some of the teams that didn't perform well. And then I know we'll talk about some of the teams that you saw you know throughout your entire life with, with disappointing Sox teams. And I don't want it to be a you know disappointing and and just sad podcast so we're going to spice it up a little bit we are not and thank you to all the listeners listening to us it is very tough to even think about white Sox baseball and i appreciate people sticking with us and we are not uh under 500 the team is so (laughs) i think i think i think we're going to continue the role do our thing and uh thanks for listening for sure definitely thank you yeah and i i think before we jump into some topics that I have today, um, I'm just going to run through the series really quick with the Toronto Blue Jays. The Sox played a three-game set uh, Monday, Tuesday, and finished off today in Toronto against the Blue Jays. To start the series, the Sox were 7-16 and 16 and the Blue Jays were 14-9. and nine. On Monday, the White Sox lost 5-2. Chris Bassett was pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays and Lance Lynn was pitching for the Sox. Uh, Linden looked that great, uh, and Bassett really didn't pitch that well either. But then, of course, you know, Vaughn hits a double, two-run double in the third inning. Sox take the lead 2 nothing, And then the bottom of the fourth, Toronto scores four against Lynn with a home run from Kevin Biggio, a three-run shot. And then we kind of knew the game was going to be over at that point. Uh, Toronto, you know, scores another run. It was 5-2. to two. Um just wanted to preface the third inning of the first game is the last time the White Sox scored to run this entire series. I'm going to jump into game number two on Tuesday. Um, that was a nightmare of a game as well. Mike Clevenger on the bump for the Sox versus Jose Barrios. Uh, we prefaced this a couple of days ago when we did the did our preview for this series that Jose Barrios, the Sox, normally hit well, even if the Sox didn't have a good team. That was not the case. He shut the Sox out. Sox only had four hits the entire game, um, and the Blue Jays beat them seven to nothing. Blue Jays had ten hits during the game. Danny Jansen went off; he had two home runs. Today's game was basically like game number two. The Blue Jays won eight nothing, and the Sox only got four hits, scored no runs, and uh, the Blue Jays just hit the ball. And Kikuchi pitched for the Blue Jays. He's 4-0 with a 3 ERA. Great start to this year. Last year, he did not pitch well at all for the Blue Jays, so it's nice for them to have him be a bounce-back candidate for them. But Michael Kopech pitched. He is now 0-3 with a 7 ERA to start the year um, after this game, and he um, kind of was shaky in the third and the fourth inning. And as Sox fans, we kind of knew after it was 3-0 with the way the offense has been, this team was not going to come back at all. So... Wanted to briefly run through those three games. The White Sox scored uh, two runs in three games, and they are now 24 innings straight without scoring a run. Um, So what are your thoughts 
<laughs> on this Blue well, Jays no, series. I, I got to, you know, celebrate uh, Andrew Vaughn's double. It was the last time we scored. <laughs> and it was it was pretty exciting. He, he crushed it. He crushed it. Yep. Yep. And gapped it. It was pretty, it was really well hit. Um, This is um, Kopech. Celebrated him. He got his ERA with the four runs only allowed. He got his In ERA five down innings. to like 7.03. Yep. So that was, you know, he's making progress. His ERA today was probably only about, you know, I don't know, around seven somewhere, but he got it down a little bit. And uh, no, it's it's um, it's really really bare bottom. And you ha- said that. Have you ever? Out... Yeah, no, go ahead. No, today they struck out seventeen times and got four hits. <laughs> it's the third time in the hundred and twenty three years of White Sox baseball that that's ever happened. That they were struck out seven. They struck out seventeen times and only had four hits. The last time. Was in 1910 versus the Philadelphia Athletics, and that was a 16 inning game. So that's uh, that's, <laughs> that's just the, the stats that are coming out for the how historically bad the team is right now, which is what we you know we have to celebrate. That it's historical. Is um is, there's some crazy crazy stuff going on? I mean, um, it's their worst start since 1986, which tied for their third worst start ever. That team went on to win 72 games, so they must have got hot. That's 65 and 72 the rest of the way. Yep. Uh, to, go, to go 72 and 90. The Sox have never been more than eight games under 500 at any point in any season and uh, made the playoffs. The last time was uh, one of the best years of baseball in my life was the 1983 team uh, that was eight games back and then went on to win going away uh, the AL West at the time with 99 games and finished like 16 or 17 games ahead of the second place twins. Um, and that team, I mean, just, I mean, we, that team could go on a, a streak because they had, you know, Britt Burns, Lamar Hoyt won the Cy Young that year. Dotson won 22 games that year. Jerry Kuzman was our fifth starter. He was one of the aces on the uh, Mets great team of the early seventies. Uh, and Floyd Bannister was their big free agent signing that went 16 and 10 that year from Seattle. We signed him. So they had the pitchers, they had the starting pitching to just go on a roll. And once they got going, and I don't, I don't, I don't see that here. Um, no, I don't see that at all. It's hard to be optimistic that, like I said a couple of days ago, I, I don't see this team going on a consistent run. Because they can't even string together consistent at bats until they prove to me that they can do that in a game, at least in one game. That then maybe I'll have hope that they can go on like a run, but that they can't even string together consecutive good plays, good at bats at all. And that's a huge issue. And that's been an issue yeah. for the past two years. It's yeah. just now it's it's bad. <laughs> it's and, just and, worse. And, you know, as bad as they're playing. And, and the, the last thing I'll say about 83 was when they started winning a little bit, Texas was in first still. Um, and uh, I mean, they, it was AL West back then. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and when they started winning a little bit, the Dave Raider was the Texas manager. He goes, yeah, they're winning a little bit, but we're not too worried about them because they're winning, but they're winning ugly. And of course that became the cry that year. I have a winning ugly shirt somewhere in this house that could probably fit over maybe one of my arms right now. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, um, so when it ugly became their battle cry and they just, you know, turned it around. That was, that was a really, really good team. Um, a lot, a lot of, a lot of good young players, but in that 86 team, which is the one that is, it was the worst team since this start, that team had uh outfielder named Kenny Williams, a shortstop named Ozzie uh, Guillen and an outfielder named Daryl Boston on it. So, um, and of course, Fisk was on that team too, but uh, so those guys are still around. But I mean, it's just the way the season's going, and they don't they don't have the liberty to 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 play with their head up their ass. Today was a perfect observation, or a perfect illustration. I mean, Lewis Robert, who's been down to two sixteen, he's been hitting so bad. They finally moved him out of the leadoff spot. And uh, well, they put Andrus there, who struck out the first two times I saw. Yeah. And um, Robert finally gets a hold of one, and uh, it hits off the top of the wall in right field. All of a sudden, they flip switch to him. He turns it on and is burning the second base, which means he watched it. He thought it was a home run. You don't have the luxury right now thinking something's a home run and not be running hard out of the box. So then he had to turn it on and 
because it was such a close play and he had a hustle at the end to get there, he overslid second base and the guy kept, and Bichette kept the tag on him and he was called out. Uh, it was just like, what? And then, so, you know, that's it. The inning's over. It's like, what, what, what are they doing? I mean, how? No. And then Luis Robert in the second game, like there was balls that, and, and trust me, Aloy, Aloy is playing right field. Obviously, both of us aren't, and a lot of fans are not a huge fan of him playing the outfield ever. But there were right. some balls that were going to him and directly to him. And I saw him calling, doing exactly what he's supposed to do, calling Luis Robert off. And Luis just ran over like the bad news Bears kid. And, yeah, and Kelly Leak. Kelly wow, Leak. Kelly Leak reference. Very good. Yeah. And, and <laughs> stole it from him. And not just once, twice. And I go, well, I, what what was that about? That was crazy to, to see. Yeah, it. but in the, in the last day game, because he was mad that the team didn't like him anymore, he let Lupus catch a ball. Kelly should have went and got that one too. Well, and yeah. it, well, it's funny because like I, Luis Robert, I always say it's the center field's ball if he calls for it, but right. obviously Jimenez was there. A lot of people give Jimenez shit, and Robert was the one who could have been the reason why they both got injured. Like twice right. that happened. So I want to, that was a bad knock on Robert again, because I think that was right. dumb and it's not cute anymore. They have a, they made a bobblehead of it. What, two or three years ago. And then right. uh, of that one, you know, in 2020 where the looking at him like, Oh, you stole the ball for me, but now it's not cute. We, th- th- this is not a team that's playing well. We can't afford injuries. And that was just dumb. I think it's just dumb. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm with you. The, the center fielder is supposed to get every ball he can get to. Yes. But if the guy's sitting camping under it, there, there's no reason to do that. Uh, I'm sh- Again, with the uh, outfield, especially the last few years, when Vaughn, Jimenez, Sheets, and um, um, whoever else was out there, you know, I'm sure Robert was told get everything you can. But no, that that wasn't that was not that was a stupid play putting them both in harm's way. I totally yeah. agree on that. No, it, it was and. I, I guess there's not really anything. I mean, I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on on the Toronto series. I kind of just want to jump into questions unless you have anything glaring that you want well, to bring up. It's it just, um, it just the Sox approach is so poor at the plate right now. Uh, it's it's just the opposite of what the teams do to us. We're walking everyone. We never take a walk. We never. We hardly ever walk. And we're such free swingers. Toronto had some pitchers in this series that have been having problems. Barrios has has had a long stretch of not being able to um, get guys out consistently, and it just seems like we make them right. Well, and like Bassett, sudden, Bassett too. He was struggling before Bassett that. Was struggling big time, and all of a sudden they 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 fake and Kikuchi. If I said that yeah, right, he Kikuchi. Yep. Yeah, you know. Ichiguchi or whatever <laughs> dad used to call uh, the Tadahito. Tadahito Iguchi. He always called him Ichiguchi. <laughs> oh, God. And, and he meant it. It wasn't like he was trying to be funny. Um, and uh, anyways, um, these guys are struggling. They come in and they, we just make them look great. And it seems like uh, it's been that way for the past three years. I mean, this is just the what, what the – I don't think it has anything to do with the manager. I don't think – it's just what these guys – and who knows, maybe when they were, maybe it has everything to do with player development because the Sox player development just sucks. I mean, they, they get guys in the first, second, third round of the draft and they're big prospects and maybe they would have worked out somewhere else, but somehow they, they don't, they don't materialize into anything. I don't know if it's the approach to the minor leagues. I don't, I, I don't know what it could be, but I'm just throwing that out there. It, it, is that I think that just the whole franchise as, as a whole has a big flaw because all these great teams like the Rays and the Guardians and, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say the Guardians are great, but they have great farm systems. and Yeah, the, the Guardians keep bringing up outfielders. It just seemed to know all at – And the at, Dodgers. Um, all I facets mean, of the – oh, the Dodgers are sick. I mean – Outman, are you serious? He's going to be like – I mean, another guy. is is It's insane. Vargas is up. And just like these guys get hurt or, or – you know, the Dodgers, I think, didn't go big in free agent and let some guys walk because they're, they're probably saving for two after Otani next year, uh, this winter, this winter. But uh, they just bring them up and they and they know how to play and they know how to pitch. Uh, Cardinals do a very good job of that too. They don't do it as well with pitchers, but their their position players they just keep bringing them. Well, that's why that's why I wanted to bring up. You know, I look, you, look you, at you, look you at Houston. Of, yeah. Oh yeah. 
Altuve, their best players out. Dubon's what on an eighteen game hitting streak? Yeah, Dubon. I was watching that game, the Rays and the Astros. Yeah. And he was supposed to fight for center field job in in this year, but he he he's played some backups infield and outfield with Altuve out. Of course, um, they moved him in the second. Well, he's and been great. I mean, another another you know, I, I, another example with the Astros is they get rid of the Cy Young Award winner Justin Verlander, and Hunter Brown just went seven innings uh, and like two hits against the the Rays today in Tropicana <laughs> and and no oh. runs. It's it's like. It's just sick. And and how yeah, come? I mean, George Springer was on Toronto today. A couple of years ago, they said, you know, you're going to get a couple hundred million. See ya. Good luck. Correa. Yeah, good. See ya. Goodbye. Jeremy uh, Pena. And they got, they got Kyle Tucker playing right instead of Springer, who's an MVP candidate. And their shortstop was uh, MVP of the playoffs last year, the World Series, and as a rookie. And he's awesome. It's just they, you, you know, it, it, these guys just seem to turn them out. Just keep turning them out, turning them out, turn And I feel out. like the philosophy for the White Sox is, I I mean, I, that they have never, throughout my lifetime, and I don't know what, well, you know, when you were growing up watching them play, I don't know if, I mean, Frank Thomas obviously is the one guy that comes to mind that they Well, that was know, a streak. Drafted. That was a year. They the, the first round pick in 87 was McDowell. And then the next year, uh, I think it was Vin, Ventura. And then Alex Fernandez, and then uh, a big Frank, and then Alex Fernandez, and those four came up, and All that was the great team of the '90s, yeah, uh, early '90s that the uh, the lockout blocked our our path. We made the playoffs once and lost to a, the Toronto team that went on to the World Series and, and won it over the yeah. Phillies. No, I, I just I just think no, you've got a stockpile, uh, your 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 farm system, and you you've got a stockpile talent down there. Uh, Kenny Williams, anytime we had talent, he used to think of him as assets for trades. Well, and, and, and that's know, why Gio Gonzalez who, and guys like that, who were had good careers. Um, I mean, Gonzalez wasn't a hall of fame or anything. And of course we got him when he was no, done. And, and you know, traded was, Chris Bass. Yeah. Chris Bassett, you know, they traded, yeah, we traded him. Chris Bassett. We traded, uh, uh, Simeon. We traded, uh, you know, when these, all these guys were young before they really even did anything. Even like Frank, like Frankie Montes, although I know he has yeah, history Mar- with Roy. Right but yeah, he's definitely in that. And, and then Trey, I mean, Trace Thompson. I know he wasn't. I mean, he, he's like the starting outfielder for the Dodgers, and he's been playing great for them. Uh, it, right. It's uh, no, I, I just I, I feel really frustrated, and a lot of Sox fans do. But it, it's, I think it stems from it's an organizational philosophy of why. They, they this rebuild they haven't done it right obviously and they've tried to do it a couple of times uh rick Hahn and kenny williams and i just think that the overall organizational organizational philosophy for years is just flawed and the only time that they had one of the best farm systems in the league is when they traded all of their star talent for top prospects i mean yeah. none of those guys except like tim anderson were guys they drafted and developed, and I think sometimes you just get lucky <laughs> that 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 a guy is that good that he can push oh, through. Yeah. I, I mean, don't think they, I don't think they, you know, made Tim the way he is. I think Tim made himself the way he is. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think some organizations can help guys, and some organizations just don't know how. And I think yeah, the Sox I mean, don't Ray know Durham how. back in the day came up through the organization. Um, I loved him. Well, yeah, and it, well, one of the things is you know. Um, we seem to be stuck with guys that play one position uh, and, and they either a corner outfielder and usually a corner outfielder that we're hiding. We hope the ball's not hit to him or a first baseman DH guy. Um, and, the, you know, I know Abreu hasn't been hitting yet, but that's one of the reasons we had to let him go. Or, or the, that was the philosophy is because we had a lot of guys to play that position. Whether they could fill his, his shoes or not, wasn't the question. It's just, we, we had, they had to have first baseman first base open. Yeah, for for the, the type of roster they had, and everyone's like going, "Ooh, Abreu's not hitting home runs or doing anything." You know, you guys fired Mankino last year because the team wasn't hitting home runs. Well, you know, Abreu, this is he. I know he's in warmer weather. What used to I know it's never April, started. Though. He's never he's started. never started well. I, I have total faith that Jose's numbers are going to be Jose's numbers. You know, when we get to August for this season, August and September for the whole season. Um, and the Sox aren't hitting home runs this year. Um, and they fired the pitching coach over it last year. 
you know, and I don't, I'm, I don't know what they're going to, they're going to do something soon. Um, I don't think they're going to fire the hitting coach again. Do they fire cats? I, I, I you can't fire Grafal 25 games into it. What, what is, what has he done is to put the, the roster and the lineup out there that was given to him? Han's going to um, roll with this, man. He's going to roll with this until it, it fails and he gets kicked out. Yeah. I, you know what this reminds me of? This is like very bullsish. This is this is very like gar. Oh, what's the, what's the common denominator between that? Those two. Well, uh, if the Sox sell off and and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> if they haven't gotten rid of me by now, I'm still going to be a Sox fan. I'm still. And if they do sell off, you know, unless I have a grabber and die or something, I'm going to be excited about the new guys. But um, um. You know, I hope they sell off. They sell off. I hope they do better than job than the Blackhawks did. I mean, when you you see like Debrinket and some of these names go and not much coming back, it's like okay. So, um, do we do we have a, an episode tonight about talking about trade chips? I mean, I, I was thinking Grandal, but now no, he's got to put I, it back. I, I'm fifteen percent of the season's over. That's twenty five games. I'm not. I'm yeah. not diving into that no, right I'm now. Not, I don't want to go there either. <laughs> but I. Mean, I, I I wanted to kind of segue and we, we talked about it, but you know, socks worst starts ever or just bad teams in general. I mean, who knows how this 2023 team for the Chicago white Sox is going to end up by the end of the year right now, they're seven and 18. So, so far, not so good. Um, but you know, I, I think one of the worst teams that I've like saw in my lifetime I mean, I, I went to a lot of games in 2018, and they were 62 and 100. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they actually finished fourth in the division that year, which is hilarious. But, um, I, I mean, Lucas Giolito was very, very bad that year. That was his. That was his like 90 oh, walk yeah. year. Um, right. they, they were bringing like Michael Kopech uh, came up and then got hurt. You know, in yeah, August. Were you at the, his first start and then I he was, got hurt? Yep, I was at his first start against the uh, Twins. It, it rained, so he didn't come back out. There was a rain delay, but he pitched a couple innings and he was throwing. He was throwing like 101 miles an hour. Um, right. And but but you know, the the team. If if we look at the if I look at the team, you know, Omar Navarez catcher, he actually turned in himself into a good player after the White Sox, and he he was actually good on the Sox that year too. Jose Abreu at first, Moncada, Tim Anderson, Yomer Sanchez, and then your outfielder outfield was Nicky Delmonico, Adam Engel, who was terrible that year, uh, Avi Garcia, and Matt Davidson was a DH. And then also thrown in there, you had like Daniel Palco, Larry Garcia, Wellington Castillo, Trace Thompson, Charlie Tillerson, you know, all those guys. So it's like that team wasn't good. And trust me, the pitching was bad. It was James Shields, Giolito. Um, Dylan Covey, remember him? Um, sure. Ronaldo. Didn't he have like one game? Didn't he have like a no hitter or something crazy? Uh, no, I don't think he had a no hitter, but he had I'm like not, a. I'm not thinking of Umber, but he, I thought he had like one game also that was just insane. Yeah, he had one okay, good game. Go it was James Shields, Lopez, Giolito, Covey, and Carlos Rodon for a little bit. He only started 20 games that year. Then uh, yeah. Hector Santiago, uh, Soria was the closer. Remember that. Oh yeah, Joaquin. We got yep. him. Yep. He, and he uh, on the Royals. That was a, you know, Kenny Williams is always good on that. Like that's why we have like Mark Tians and stuff. Guys that like don't do anything but hurt the White Sox. He like goes and remembers that and goes and gets them and then they suck. I know. And Miguel Gonzalez was on that team. But I mean I, I could go I could go on and on uh, about you know the not good for that team, but it just seemed like when we watched that team in 2018, and this is during the rebuild, right? Because they traded out they traded everybody. Um, it, I don't know. I think we, there was more optimism and excitement seeing Tim and Moncada and Abreu, you know, play than it was, you know, thinking that this team's going to compete for a championship and then them being seven and 18 to start. So I just wanted to bring up 2018. I mean, do you want to bring up like 86? I heard that was just such a disappointing, a horrible, horrible year. But if you look at their team, um, a lot of the players, uh, they had huge names on that team. I mean, they had Tom Seaver and George Foster. People don't remember George Foster in 77. He had 52 home runs for the Cincinnati I'll, Reds. I'll run, I'll run through the roster really quick for you. I, it's yeah. um, Well, I could 
tell you most of well, it. Well, I know, but but Carlson. I mean, Fisk. young Karkovice was there uh, behind Fisk. Fisk. Uh, Joel Davis, Joe Skinner was there. Uh, the Pit, Dotson was through by then. Larusa ruined his arm. Um, and then for, what, first base, first base, Greg Walker. Greg Walker was there, and they also had uh, oh, Russ Mormon played some first and some third. Um, let's see. I think Julio Cruz was still sticking around in second. He was Ozzie thirty-one was years old. Ozzy was a twenty-two-year-old at shortstop. He was still there in the outfield. We had like a million people. I think John Cangelosi, who you went to his camp, and uh, uh, he's big in the Orland Park Sparks baseball. Cangelosi played one hundred and thirty-seven games for the Sox that year. How many did he steal? He was a big stolen base guy. He had fifty. Yeah, and then um, that's a lot, man. Yeah, Daryl Boston was on that team. In the you know outfield. who else was on that team? The guy who was still getting paid, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla, yeah. Bobby Bonilla was a, he was a, 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 someone that actually came up in the White Sox. Yeah, twenty-three I think years old. Might have got him in the trade, and then uh, we traded him to the Pirates for Jose De Leon, and then we flipped Jose De Leon for someone pretty good too. Um, uh. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, Ivan Calderon was around there. Harold Baines was there, but I don't think he played much that year. Was that the year he got hurt? Or was that no, the year he no, he played. He played 145 games that year, 618 okay. plate appearances. Um, good year. Uh, Ivan Calderon was a hell of a, a hitter, better, better player than got credit for. He was really pretty good, good hitter. And um, Ron Kittle was. Uh, he played 86 games that year, but he, yeah, he uh, Kittle. Uh, he what? Rookie year of 35 homers in the 100 he, RBIs. Yeah, he in, didn't in, have that in many. In 83. And then 84, he had 32 home runs. And then that was kind of, I mean, I loved him. But they figured, uh, the, the league figured about if you threw a, a breaking pitch into the left handed batter's box, you could bounce it and he was going to go swing at it like a madman, which was made him fun to watch. You know, he was like our Dave Kingman, if the old Cub fans remember Kingman. Um, I, I love Kittle. He, he was a blast. <laughs> But uh, no, and that team was, you know, and then, I mean, literally, like, Steve Carlton, Tom Seaver, and George Foster all played for us that year. And uh, Seaver was still excellent. I think we ended up trading him. But Carlton was done. Carlton went on this tour of well, convincing he, teams that he... Uh, he had a 3.69 ERA for the Sox well, that year. Well, he's um, ERAs today. But uh, he went on this tour of all these teams, like Minnesota and stuff, and, like, all these, like, four or five teams, like, all of a sudden, like, in a year or a year and a half... Trying to convince him that he wasn't through, that he found a wow. mechanical um, thing, and he he was he was just great. Maybe the best slider of all time, one of the best lefties of all time. Back in the day, uh, I think Nolan Ryan ended up being with a, like a thousand or fifteen hundred more strikeouts. But back in the day, for a while, whoever pitched that night was like the all-time strikeout leader between Ryan and Carlton. It was, they would just kind of go back and forth, but. Um, uh, Steve Carlton was famous for his training, and uh, like he was the one who uh, a bucket of rice. We put his fist in a bucket of rice and twisted all the way down at the bottom, and did all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Tim McCarver was his only catcher; he wouldn't throw to anybody else. So uh, Bob Boone was a hell of a catcher for the Phillies for years, and but he never caught McCarver. Uh, even in the playoffs, McCarver played when when Carlton was pitching because he was, you know, quirky. And um, so, no, anyway, so we had Carlton, you know, some names that were really through. Uh, Kenny Williams was on that team in the outfield. Bobby Thigpen, young Bobby Thigpen. Yeah, Bob, young Bobby Thigpen with, uh, from Mississippi State, the great Mississippi State He team. had a great year. Yeah. Um, he, um, what do you have, 34 saves that year? Uh, no, well, this is, uh, yeah, he's 22 here. He only oh, yeah, he's not, the, he's not the closer yet. He's not the closer yet. No, yeah, because a couple of years, Bob right James, before, I've never heard of that guy. Oh, he was, he was, a, he was, he might have been our closer there. He was, he was pretty good. He had a big fastball and uh, he's bad this year. He, yeah, well, yeah, he was kind of like a like a Bobby Jenks type. He was a big kind of over heavy set guy. And then we had Joe Collie, not the writer for the Trevor Times. <laughs> uh, he he was one of those guys. He had one of those. I think he had a no hitter that year, where he walked like eight guys. He was like like crazy. It was he was. <laughs> that is crazy. Like an Edwin was, Jackson no hitter. Yeah, and um, Dotson was done. He was still hanging around at that team. But his, his arm was shot. He was done. Um, yeah, Hoyt was long gone because we traded Hoyt for Gian. But young Ozzy, and it's so funny when you look at that team. Some of those guys were making like sixty grand a year, like Chicangelosi and it's stuff. Insane. You know, when you think of it today. Um, yeah, so that was an, an, it was a 
there was like a young Karkovice and Thigpen and some guys that were going to be good who, um, Karkovice was a really good defensive catcher and he had some power, but he like swung waist high. If the pitcher threw it above or below, he missed it. If he threw it there, he just would kill it. One time at Old Comiskey, Karkovice hit a line drive so hard, it hit the a wall of the upper deck, like the, uh, the wall was maybe like three feet wide uh, or tall and it bounced all the way back to the shortstop, like on a fly. Cause he hit it that hard. It was just incredible. And, uh, and he was not a good hitter at all. <laughs> he was just a terrible hitter. He just, he swing really hard. And that, that time he caught one, but uh, no, that was a terrible team. And uh, there's really big names on it. Some white Sox names and some MLB names that were pretty much past their primes or through or, or not good yet. Um, it was a, it was an interesting team to watch, and that so, was your uh, Hawk took over and fired Larusa. Yeah, right. He oh, in the middle of the yeah, middle of the he, year. He, yeah. he did one good thing. So. <laughs> well, uh, I was gonna I was gonna say like m- maybe this team twenty twenty three will win seventy two games. I mean, right now they're not on pace for it, but maybe that the, maybe they're gonna line up more to what this team was yeah, than maybe. than um you know. Let's say a 2018 62 62 win yeah. team, but yeah, um, most of the other historically bad Sox teams were like 1970, which the 60s were a good decade for the White Sox, and uh, they were that kind of petered out and they had no talent left until the 72 team came. Um, you know, we traded Aparicio, he was past his prime anyways, and like BB Richards was our, our shortstop. That's how how bad things were back then, and Don Buford and some names that. Um, Oh, uh, Sandy Elmar Jr. was on that team. He who fathered of the Elmars from uh, Cleveland and Toronto fame and all that. Um, but the other teams, if you look at it, just look them up. Uh, the other teams that are historically bad White Sox teams are in that twenty-year period from twenty-one until fifty. It was in the fifties the White Sox were incredible, probably the second best team in all of baseball. But there were no divisions back then. And hello. Best team was the Yankees. Went one ten out of twelve years of the World Series. So yes, the only the only time the Sox got through was fifty nine, but they were very good all those years. But when the, getting back to why the Sox team had a twenty year period where they were just crap, um, that was the nineteen nineteen Black Sox. They were allowed to play in twenty because it took a year for the trials, and they were all kicked out in twenty one. So probably three or four Hall of Famers and eight players off the best team in baseball were just taken away so you can imagine how they they went into like a you know a two decade funk i mean they had like luke appling and you know, that you can go look at it on the wall at, at, at comiskey park but uh that was a that was a team that was devastated uh by that by the so suspension. so that so what we're getting at here listeners is yeah. that there have been bad Sox teams before <laughs> yeah. and yes but, there have been but I do think a silver lining is even if the even if this season is so-called loss, although I don't want to say it is yet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's always going to be more baseball <laughs> next year. Yeah, and and, and I I don't want to sound like a Cub fan, but I mm-hmm. um, you know we're going to enjoy watching this team as as much as we can. And you don't sound like a Cub fan because if the Cubs were this bad, then they have been many many times. And recently too, before the, the the you know the team before the fifteen and sixteen yeah. team, um, but I like Bridgeport. Shout out to Maria's and Turtles yes. and some other places. But uh, if if we played in the middle of uh, you know you know Wrigleyville or whatever, people wouldn't even notice, and there'd still be two point eight million going. So. Uh, so yeah, so it, it's it's a bad team, and 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 we're gonna notice. So it's uh, it's it's a bad situation to be in, but you know, eighty three team started horribly, not this bad, eight games under, and um, and they just went on a tear. But I just don't see the similarities. I, There's I, talent I, on this team, I don't either. but that team had an outstanding starting pitching staff, and I don't I don't see these guys these starting staff bouncing back at all. Um, and that's, yeah. that's the, that's the big difference for me, but, yeah. um, you know, segueing into that out of the starters, who do you think has the best chance to bounce back and have a good year? Cause right now yeah. I don't think any, I mean, 
but besides Cease, because he's fine, he 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 could work on some stuff. Obviously, the walks, things like that. But I I mean, out of the other four guys, who do you think is most well, likely I, I, to bounce back? It's it's tough to ex- exclude Cease because everyone else pitch is so bad that he's not been sharp. That's he, true. His pitch count is up. Uh, he's been hit, giving up some runs. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's feeling pressure to, you know, after last year and the way everyone's performing this year, that maybe he thinks he's got to go out there and be Verlander uh, or something like that. Or, you know, um, maybe that's he's pushing too hard, but he he really hasn't been great. He's been good. And compared to the rest of the staff, he's been a godsend, but he hasn't been himself. He's He's got a long way to get control. Just just. Your stuff is dominant. Just throw it over the plate. The walk, How many times are the walks going to have to get you in trouble before you learn to just throw strikes? But um, if I had to say which guy was going to – well, Giolito seems like he's figured out some things now. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of really close to my end with Kopech as a starter. Uh, I think if – you know, if – if they had as much invested in Davis Martin as they did in Kopech with who he was traded for and his, you know, his hundred mile an hour heater back in the minors and all, all the, the talk about him coming up, Martin would be here right now and Kopech would be in, in Charlotte. Um, Martin should be up. I don't know what's happening yeah, with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying Davis Martin is, you know, going to, you know, be, be amazing. Hunter yeah. Brown for the Astros. I'm just saying Kopech is, He's he's getting every fifth day because of what they gave up to get him, and they they're 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 embarrassed and they need him to go good. Um, I guess if I had a pick, Clevenger today said I felt like I had my stuff before my uh, Tommy John today in the first inning, and I got oh, all excited. Oh, you mean yesterday? Yeah. Oh, yesterday. Yeah. He goes. I and then he goes after the first inning. I go. Oh my God! This is the best I felt since my pre Tommy John days. He goes. I'm back. And then he, he goes, then I got all excited and I walked the first two guys and got knocked around. So I, I don't know. I don't even know what to think of him. Um, um, I remember when he was great in Cleveland against us. Um, Lynn is interesting because, you know, he, last year he got off that slow start because he was had the surgery late for some reason. I, you know, it still baffles me that the season before he – doesn't finish with the niece. Well, I'm knee. happy, happy he did because Johnny Cueto was on the team. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so Cueto. And uh, Lynn, Clevenger, I guess Giolito would be the one I'd hang my hat on. I mean, he seems to be – he had one bad inning last start, and he had a couple good starts with the Twins and Phillies before that. So um, – and it's his, his uh, contract year. Again, I'll say it again. If he goes out and goes 16-8 and – He's probably gone because that'll command more money than we'll give him. Um, and if the team is floundering, he's going to move up to be your number one candidate with his contract up this year of who will be moved. But uh, when we get to that discussion, so I guess I'd have to put my uh, hang my hat on Giolito turning it around. I, I Lynn it looks like he's got some problems, and uh, I don't have any faith in Kopech anymore. And um, uh, I have Clevenger no idea what to see. think about Clevenger. So. Yeah, you know. So, how about you? So, bringing up Lance Lynn, really quick, I, I think you brought up a good point about, you know, uh, well, I don't know how much I believe it either that the pitch clock is affecting him fatigue-wise and making him throw pitches down the middle because he can't really control his pitches when he's fatigued. I I don't know if I believe that, but – uh, the guy like that we like that's on the broadcast booth that's in the broadcast booth is uh, Steve Stone. And I don't know if you heard some of his comments on the radio a couple of days ago, but he basically said uh, he thinks a couple salads would help. Do you see? So, did you read so that? he's alluding to that. Okay. And, and oh my, yeah, I, I saw the reaction. I, I forgot. I think um, so. it was Mully and, and, um, I don't think it was Molly and Hall, but I forgot who it was. But anyway, uh, I think it's I think he's on once a week oh, with Bernstein and Holmes. Okay, well, it looked like McKnight for a re- for a second, but I don't know if it okay. was or not. Well. But anyway, um, 
yeah, the reaction was like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. Um, yeah, so, so what, what, what's a salad anyways? What is that? Oh, that's funny. Well, maybe you and Lance can find, find out. <laughs> Eat uh, I'll talk it, to it. Steve Stone. He used to own the Blackhawk restaurant in Chicago. It'll be a part owner. Out, so he, he should know. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe that Lance is going to have a comeback. Although normally if you look at his stats and splits, he's normally not really good in the beginning of the year. Uh, and then he, he kind of turns it on. Although it's funny uh, in 2021, I was at opening day at, you know, guaranteed right field against the Royals. And that's when your mean Mercedes hit that like 485 foot bomb. Oh, but Lance, yeah. Lance Lynn threw a, you know, complete game shutout. And, I it, remember that. and, it was rainy and, and cold and he just was on. And I mean, I, I love the guy. I just don't, I don't think he's the one that I would pick Giolito. I mean, he, he has to be, he's the easy choice right now. It looks like he has it, but um, I don't believe in Clevenger at all, to be honest with you. And I, 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 I don't know, maybe I'll just go to bat for Kopech at this point. Hey man, if you want to be a starter in this league, he has to, get better <laughs> yes because yeah. because if if he's not he'll just be a bullpen guy for forever and he he needs this is the this is going to prove he has to prove it because he has the stuff to be a reliever he does and he's proven that but if he wants to be a starter in mid the major leagues this is the year you got to step up you've had five starts they haven't been good you have a seven era you have to pitch better if you are going to be a starter in the pros now, he'll get, he'll be given a lot of opportunities, even if it's not with the white Sox. but he's with the white Sox for a few more years. I, I don't think they're going to stop putting him in the rotation at this point, like you said, but I think it should be a definitely if they get new front office minds in there, it, it should be something to be talked about. But I, I think he, he's looked pissed off. He's looked infuriated the last couple starts. I think he might find something. I also think that his head's all over the place. And when, I mean, you and I both played baseball forever. If you're thinking too much out there, whether it's hitting and pitching, you're going to not play well. You have to, there's a certain point where you need to think. And there's a certain point where you just got to play the game and, and let your mechanics do its thing. And I, I think he might be overthinking just because I think that's the guy he is, but I'll go with Kopech. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 I hope you're right. Um, hope we're both right. That'd be great if at the end of the year. Um, I think Giolito's kind of an easy pick for me because he seems to have figured out some things already. But uh, Kopech also, he, he, he high draft pick, marched through the minors, was part of a high-profile trade. They traded, um, you know, Chris Sale, arguably one, the top, one of the top handful of pitchers in the last 12, 15 years. And um, he had a, a triple-digit heater. And he doesn't have that anymore, and he can still get it up. But I've I've seen him hit ninety nine. He's still um, an, an occasion. I don't know what gun, what you know, what park they were at. He seems to be cons- consistently be able to hit ninety five. But when you've had that ni- that hundred mile an hour hitter your whole life, and it's not there anymore after your Tommy John and your surgery and stuff, you got to learn how to pitch with that. And, and if he's trying to be, you know. Falling back whenever he gets in trouble to being the guy that used to reach back and throw it 100 miles an hour, it's not there for him. So hopefully, he'll, yeah, he'll, hopefully he learns. But I, I hope you're right. I hope he's he's good. And one last because we were talking about salads and Steve Stone, and when I said he used to own, uh, he was part owner of the Blackhawk Restaurant downtown, which the older people know exactly what that is. Um, it was it was a big 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 to do. It was a posh place. Anyways, wow. Uh, Here's a little trivia for the uh, listeners out there. In uh, early 80s, like 81, 80, um, Phil Collins from Genesis okay. broke away and did some solo stuff. And he was staying at Michigan Avenue, a big, you know, four, five-star hotel. And him and his uh, entourage went to go eat. And they went into the Blackhawk restaurant and they were not allowed to sit down and they said you have to wear a jacket in here and he's like i'm phil collins we're like well we don't really care who you are you have to wear a jacket you can't come in here 
And he said he had like a like a members only leather jacket out of it. He said it was worth a few hundred dollars. He's like, I got a leather jacket. But anyways, so Phil Collins wrote his next solo album and named it No Jacket Required because of that incident. Wow. And that was a you know, maybe album of the year that year. It was a big, big seller. Well, thank you, Steve Stone. Yeah, Steve Stone and his uh you know, tough uh dress code. Gave us gave us no jacket required by Phil Collins. So, anyways, You should you should I should message Steve Stone and saying, Hey, I, I bet nobody talks to him about that. <laughs> I bet you're the only one in there <laughs> with your weird brain that just thought of that. If I see Steve Stone, well, I'll bring up a lot of things. Because I remember what happened he was with the White Sox. And uh that's when the White Sox went to a three-man rotation. And uh, literally went to a three-man rotation. This is like in the 70s when you pitched, you know, you, were sp- you started the game, you're supposed to finish it. And he said he was a young pitcher, and he they had a, like a four-game series with a day off or something in Texas. He pitched like the first and fifth games, and it was like 105. And he said he, he lost like 11 pounds. And uh, he said, you know, just it was crazy. And then um, if anyone – wants to read a really good book by Steve Stone. It's called Where's Harry? It's about Harry Carey picked him out of nowhere. Yeah. Harry could have picked anyone for a partner. And he just like, remember Steve, Harry Carey was known as the mayor of Rush Street because he was known. He lived in a hotel downtown. He had like a few rooms, like a whole floor or something. Like he was Howard Hughes or something. And then he always closed the bars. And Steve Stone was known as kind of a partier guy when he was younger too. Uh, Rush Street and that's how he got involved in owning restaurants and stuff like that. So maybe that was the connection. But Steve said he never knew to this day. And he goes, no one, Harry, was insane. He goes, this, his book is great. They go into a, a town, and after the game, they go into, a, like, the top restaurant in all the towns across America. And, the, you know, the kitchen's closed. And then they'd go, and then the owner go, that's Harry Carey. And they'd open up the kitchen. And, and Harry didn't even order food till his third or fourth cocktail. And they were there till like daybreak and they had a game the next day. It just, it's called Where's Harry? And it's really, it's funny. It's laugh out loud funny. And the stories are really, really good. If you, you know, being a White Sox fan and Harry Carey being our announcer for God, 12, 14 years from, uh, I think, 69 until 82 when Reinsdorf bought the team. And, uh, or he was there one year with Reinsdorf. So I think it was 82. So, um, anyways, it's a good book. That's great. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great recommendation. Um, yeah, and, and I, I well, I think that that'll do it for the you know pitching aspect of it. I wanted to do a few more topics. You know, Luis Robert, really quick. I just wanted to talk about him because I know we mentioned him earlier in the show, but this guy is supposed to be the guy. He is supposed to be you know, an MVP caliber type player. They signed him with a zero, you know, zero service time. They, they signed him with zero service time and they signed Aloy Jimenez with zero service time. When I mean by sign, I mean to big time deals, right? Yeah. Mokata and, too, right? Kind of, no, he Mokata, he, 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 he had some service time, but well, those two are our main um, guys. And if you look, I think there's only been like five or six players ever with zero service time. And one's like Scott Kingery. Remember him from the Phillies? He never materialized. Evan White was another one of them. Um, And John Singleton for the Astros. He was one of them. But, you know, he was the first baseman they thought highly of. And he was very bad. So normally I was looking at all these names. I don't have them up right now, but those are just three of the guys. And yeah, I think it's five. So those are three of them. And then the other two are Aloy and Robert Jr. I, who knows if these guys are ever going to materialize? I mean, I think that's a, a that's why not a lot of teams do that because it's a big risk. You you don't know what you're getting into. The pros are different than whatever league that these guys came from or the minors. So oh, 100%. it's just it's just uh, it, it it's just very odd. But I wanted to jump into Luis Robert. He has 101 at bats this year. And remember, he had a hot start, right? His first like six. Oh seven, yeah, he was great. 
he had like five home runs, I think, within the first seven or eight games or maybe 10 games. But right now he has a 218 batting average, five home runs, 13 RBIs. His OPS is a 666, uh, which is not good. Um, you know, 24 games played, 22 hits, six doubles, five home runs. That's great. And his on-base percentage, and this is the one thing I wanted to get to because we all know he's a free swinger, but he is a 240 on-base percentage right now through, you know, 24 games. That's like abysmal. That's like yeah. bench player bad. And, um, you know, slugging percentage is 426. That's the only reason why it's kind of same slugging percentage he had last year. But this guy needs to step it up. I mean, will he – we talked about it in the beginning of this year, and it's only 24 games, but will he ever be the star that fans in the front office of the White Sox thought he was going to be? Well, first of all, that on-base percentage, that it's just ludicrous that the Sox have ever batted him leadoff this year, let alone stuck with it since Anderson got hurt. I don't get that at all. I don't get Until it. very recently. I think that's the only knock for like fall that I would that yeah, I would say right yeah. now. That yeah, the be- only thing he does is you know is with the five home runs. So maybe lead off with a home run, but he's not. If he doesn't hit the home run, he's not going to get on base anyways, unless he overruns second like he did today, um, or slides through it. Um, yeah, that's an interesting fact. I did not know the the five guys with zero service, and that's another reason why tanking doesn't work in baseball. Although. Some people have been able to sell it to their fans because there's been a couple um, there's been a couple that have got success from tanking, but not really. It's luck. The Astros and then the the 16 Cubs, um, when you draft a player who hasn't played in, in professionally, your chance of with the first pick overall or the second round is just as lucky to whether the guy's going to become you know, Mike Trout or whoever. There, there's no, oh, yeah, I got the, you know, first pick in the draft. I'm going to, you know, you know, there's there's much more Trubisky's than there are, you know, John Elway's in, in baseball. Yes. Uh, um. So the, so you can't tank and it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the best thing that ever happened to the, the, the Cub team they grew in the late teens was uh, uh, the Astros. Uh, the, I think the Cubs won a meaningless game. So the Astros got the first pick and took Mark Appel, and the second pick was Chris Bryant. And the Cubs admitted that if they had the first pick that year, they were going to take Mark Appel from Stanford. He was everyone's first pick. And, you know, and, and you know, you know, no one, half the people listening or more don't even know who the, he is. So there you go. Um, that's proven it. Um, talent. I told you, Robert gl- glides in the outfield like I haven't seen since maybe – Fred Lynn of this, you know, Red Sox in the seventies mm-hmm. and the Angels in the eighties. Um, talents there. He, he, he uh, he's shown it. I, I worry about injury because uh, the, I, I was screaming at the TV last year when he had that bad wrist. And for some reason, the Sox were so desperate and looking like idiots and trying to get something going. They kept putting him out there and batting him four times a day when the guy couldn't grab a bat with two hands. I, you know, and I was wondering if that was going to cause any long-term damage. But he had a good spring, and he hit the five home runs. And he doesn't show any tenderness in his wrist when he he made some – he's robbed about three home runs this year, and he doesn't seem at all nervous about running up, up to the wall. So I don't think there's an injury thing. So that just goes back to to be to succeed and be a star in baseball, you have to have the talent, which he has. And when the team's – figure you out a little or figure out how they're going to approach you or pitch you, you have to adjust. I mean, when they give him this type of money and he manages this money, I mean, he's supposed to be our Julio Rodriguez. He's supposed to be our Trout. He's supposed to be our Bryce Hopper, Harper. You know, I mean, that's... Hopper. Hopper. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a local hero. <laughs> Old movie. <laughs> Mr. Hopper. Um, Will he? Well, what do I think? I think the talent's there. Um, when when he watches a fly ball hit the top of the wall and then has to make up for it, flying in the th- second base and sliding past it and being out, I wonder. It makes me pause. But the talent's there. I've never heard anything about him being a bad kid or anything getting in trouble off, you know, whatever. But the teammates don't seem to like him. But 
like you said, Jimenez is in the same boat as him, and Mankata and Bummer and some of these other guys have gotten money way before they've uh, proven anything. Um, so maybe they're all happy. <laughs> you know, what the hell? The Everyone last, has a great teammate. We, the, let's all count our money. Exactly. I mean, the last – here, this stat, the Sox have been – very bad the last 15 games. The last 15 games, Luis Robert played 60 at-bats, 7 hits, 22 strikeouts in 15 games. Um, batting average of 117 on base percentage of 159. Slugging yeah. percentage of 217. I mean... I, I know I know the whole team's struggling, but you say that. I've been watching him, and... Um... God, we need him in the outfield, but he he might need to sit a couple games and just get his head together and watch. I, yeah, I mean his approach is bad. It always hasn't really been great, but he he's had had three walks in the last fifteen games. So and <laughs> I haven't seen anything of uh, anything hamper. He hasn't taken it out to the field, is what I'm trying to say. He's been playing excellent. No, he's field. been playing great center field, and he and most. Most young guys, they take it out to the field, so I, it's nice to see yeah. that he's not hitting well, but he's he's fielding well. Um, yeah, and Colas is having some of the same problems. He's been dropping like a stone. Yeah, oh, yeah. I like to see him in the outfield because it's been so long. The Sox just have no outfielders that can throw. No. And Colas can throw, so I like watching that. I mean, that's yeah. the only thing that Robert can't do in the outfield. He covers as much. I'll put his, his uh, area that he covers up with any – outfielder in baseball and he does not have a good arm no you're right he, he just doesn't have a good arm just doesn't have a good arm and uh so and uh, you know and then so i i'm gonna bet on the kid i'm not giving up on him yet i'm gonna say that he i think he's at least gonna become a good player star <laughs> got so many people get that moniker on that they're gonna be a star based on i hate that you know, it's like yeah. like julio rodriguez has proven that he's Go, he is one. He's a star, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And, and and I know he just started last year, but I mean, yeah. he's he's a star. There was there was a guy in the seventies on the Astros, Cesar Cedeno, and he was great. He uh he hit he hit like twenty homers and steal twenty bases, and but when he came up, he was supposed to be the next Willie Mays. You know, Willie Mays hit six hundred and sixty home runs and led the league in stolen bases a couple times and. And he won a gold glove in center every year. Even young people have seen the catch he made in the World Series running to his back to the you know to the infield, four hundred feet out there. I think Vic Wirtz hit it. And um, so Cesar Cedeno ended up having a fine career, but he was no Willie Mays, and he seemed to, that seemed to dog him all around. And then uh, the Reds had a guy like that named Eric Davis, another guy with you know and it's, they get this in their mind, you know. Uh, somebody's going to be the next Mickey Mantle or something. And then when it doesn't happen, if they're decent, it's like, oh, so I think Robert's going to be a good player. I I'm still going to, I'm still going to say he'll be a star. He's got the tools, but, um, you know, he, he, he looks the part. So if he doesn't end up being that star, even if he ends up having a sell career, it'll always be a disappointment. True. But, and, and he'll, with the way he plays the outfield and he can go on hot streaks, I mean, he'll be a major leaguer for a while. Yeah. And so. then, you know, and then sliding over in the outfield, and I, I to get off topic a little bit, is in the beginning of the season, we both said when they signed Ben Attendee, did the largest free agent contract in team history, that he's just a guy. And you know what? He hasn't been more or less, he's been just a guy. Ben uh, he's not been, as good he's, in left field as I thought he was going to be with his gold glove. No, I, but I, but he's he's been he's been exactly. He's what been I thought solid. He was going he's in like two ninety four on a team that doesn't hit. He's been fine, but man, if they brought in a lefty a couple of years ago, like, I don't know. I guess it'd be more strikeouts, and, or like a Schwarber or whatever. Yeah, but, but he'd be he'd be more strikeouts in a bad on base percentage. Well, no, he walks too. So. Yeah, but like Ben Attendee. On base percentage three forty seven this year. Last fifteen games three sixty five OBP at three ten uh, average. And uh, I mean he's been a, a solid. He's player. been solid. So, he's been what I thought he was going to be. He's been a guy out there. He's been fine. He hasn't been a star, and he hasn't been yeah. bad. But to go to go back, um, 
you know, we 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 exhausted Luis Robert really quick. Just want to touch on a couple of things. We got to move on. Um, sure. Will the Sox beat Tampa Bay this weekend at home? Uh, really quick, I'll go over the pitching probables. Tomorrow, uh, Dylan Cease is on the mound. It's a six ten start on the south side. He is two and zero with a two seven three ERA and thirty four Ks. He faces off again against Shane McClanahan. Same pitching matchup as last Saturday. McClanahan uh-huh. is a four and zero with a one eighty six ERA and thirty seven strikeouts. Um, Friday, Zach Eflin versus Lucas Giolito. Uh, you know, both of them. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just like, Jesus, another, you know, Eflin. Yeah, good. yeah, Eflin, 281 uh, ERA, 16Ks, 3-0. and is a 4-5 ERA. He's gotten that down. Uh, he's 1-2. and two. Uh, Saturday, I'll be at this game, Yanni Torinos versus Lance Lynn. Um, it's a 6-10 start at night. I'm going on a whiskey crawl with the boys, so that should be fun. Whiskey crawl in the park. I never heard of that before, but that'll be a good time. Mm, it and, sounds good. I've, I've crawled often after having whiskey. so. I, I <laughs> and then uh, Drew Rasmussen versus Mike Clevenger is uh, the Sunday game. So um, really quick, I mean, we don't have to run through. They just played the Rays, but do they – I'm not going to say win the series. Do they split? Do they win a game? What do you think? Well, if McClanahan is on like he was before, the, the problem is I see I can see Cease having a much better start, but will will we be able to hit him? I don't I don't know. Um, hopefully, it's a little chilly. That would be good for us because Cease pitched in it a lot more than this kid. Um, if they were hitting, uh, and Grandal is day to day with a bad back. Yep. I wanted to go bold and say that uh, that they'll Cecil win, Giolito win, and we'll win Sunday. Um, I'm going to say we're going to split, and for the White Sox, that'll be a win. No, they're going to go uh, one and three. That's that's what I had in the beginning of this of this stretch when I called it the Kim Kardashian part of the. <laughs> Part of the schedule <laughs> and uh, get the Ray J's behind us. But anyways, I digress. I thought, okay, we're going to, we're going to go one and two in Tampa. We're going to go one and two in Toronto and we're going to go one and three with Tampa. Um, and that's what I thought. I thought we'd, we'd go like, you well, know, it's been worse than that. So yeah. So it's been worse <laughs> than that. So, uh, so we got to win three out of four to get the three wins that I was, I was counting on, and then we play the Twins, and then um, so it's, it doesn't get that much easier. Although they're not well, as good as these. And then they three. play the Reds after the Twins. So. Yeah, then they got kind of what the Reds, Royals, Tigers, then like Royals again or Tigers. It again could it could be uh it could be a terrible May or a fun May, but yeah, yeah. I, I I think I think I think we'll split. I'm gonna go with the split, and I'm gonna yeah, go one and three, and I think they win. I think they win the Lance Lynn game. How about that? I think that they will win the. I think they're going to win the Giolito game, and they're going to win the Sunday game. And it it won't be Clevin Drew be able to knock out that guy and win like seven six. All right. Well, there you have it. All right, cool. Well, I think I think uh, we did enough Sox talk for the evening. Thanks again for everybody listening. And yeah. uh, we will be back at it probably, let's say, Sunday night or Monday. Let's hope for a Sox win. Let's hope for a Sox run. Uh, 24 innings straight without a run. Uh, let's hope they can nip that in the butt and not continue that bad streak. <laughs> so yeah, and, and if they yeah. keep if they keep playing like this, uh, we'll just do like you know, we'll do rock and roll trivia shows or something. I mean, God, at this point, we might as well just like do George and Mike in the morning or something like that. Yeah, or we could change change socks. Talk about the Red Sox. Yeah, that'd, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> but all right, cool, man. All right, Thank, you have a great night. For, yeah, you have a good night. Thanks for chatting. We'll talk yeah, to it was you. Fun. It was fun. See ya. Go socks. Go socks. 
And that's a wrap for the Soxology podcast. Thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, George and I will be back at it on Sunday night or Monday, depending on how we're feeling after the weekend. Hoping the Sox can bounce back against the Tampa Bay Rays. It's been a rough, rough start. But hang in there. Hang in there with us. We appreciate you all listening to us. I have not been crazy on social media yet. Um doing my real job shit so again i really appreciate you guys listening we're going to continue the role even if the socks are not playing well thank you all and have a great rest of your week